You are listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast with Dr. K, Episode 34, Event Terminology. Welcome to the Extraordinary Events Podcast, where we aim to educate, inspire, and empower individuals who wish to design transformational experiences. Now, your host, Event Education Champion, Dr. Kristen Mallett. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I hope that whatever time it is and wherever you are as you listen to this, it's been a glorious day for you so far. I have had such a fun week, such an amazing week, and I just have to share it all with you. Every single day, I had these amazing student meetings. And these student meetings, I just love them so much. I call them design meetings. And we have an objective, and then we get together for a couple hours, socially distanced in a room, and we throw around ideas, and we plan the whole next semester. And it's just such a good, positive, happy energy. And going along with the design thinking framework, seven is kind of the ideal number for brainstorming for some of the different things. And I run design meetings all the time with four to six people, but seven's really kind of that magic number. And so for an entire day from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. our time, uh, so from 9 a.m. until 1600, I had the most epic, amazing team, and I had seven people in a room, and you could tell the difference. Not only was there just such a good energy, but the ideas were so much richer. We created a new name for our Friday webinar series, and so starting in January, we will be rebranding that now that we know we're kind of keeping that by demand. And we're rebranding that. But not only did we come up with the name, we came up with the monthly topics for every single month, January through December. And then we came up with the weekly topics every single week of each series. And it was way above what I was even setting for expectations. We are running a conference in April that will be a conference where attendees will have the choice to log in online or in person, and we came up with a name for that. I'm super, super excited to share that with you guys when it becomes public, and I think that you'll really love that name as well. And then we did, we created a TikTok strategy. Uh, Yeah, it's still, I wish you could see my face. I just can't believe that uh, I'm going to be on TikTok, and it's there's some really cool things that are going to come out with that, with story time and different type of Q&A things. So we've been asking for feedback on the Facebook page for different questions, and we've had some really good questions submitted, so we're going to be doing that. And we've just got so much. We are doing a meeting box, a class box for the Intro to Events class online next semester. So we planned out all the weekly activities for every single week for this semester and what we were going to put in this box that would align and work with those activities. And I'm just, I'm just so, just so excited. I'm just so revved up. And it just makes my heart so, so happy. 
and I'm just really excited. We also, if you've been following the podcast for some time, you have seen really an involvement of these Tuesday podcasts. At the beginning when we started, it was super, super scripty. I had written things out. I was reading from them, trying my best with some vocal variety, but I was doing a bunch of reading. Then we kind of went to bullet points We were very lesson-focused, wanting to go along with the process of events, and still very, very passionate about that. And here, just in the past couple weeks, I have, mainly due to my concussion, but I just sat down with a mic, and I just started pouring what's on my heart. And we have had just such amazing feedback. So many people have actually reached out and it just blows my mind. I take a screenshot every time someone reaches out and I share it with the student team that I work with. And just it's just so amazing. So please keep reaching out, keep sharing. You're helping to to show that we're fulfilling our purpose and that it's not just something we're recording and nobody's listening to it. I mean, we see the downloads, we see the unique downloads. We see that we're pretty much in the same six to ten countries and we have some big champions out there. I know Cece, I call you Cece because your email, huge champion of the webinars and the podcast and just I just love all of you guys so much and thank you all for your amazing support of some of our efforts. I never thought that it would be as big as it is and I'm so thankful that you all find value in it. So As I just shared, we're doing this conference in the spring, and I'm redoing some elements of the intro to events class. And you'll actually hear more about some of the other classes I teach on Thursday's podcast and then in future podcasts, because even though I do focus a lot on the intro class, because I feel like that's a really good foundation for the podcast and the lessons and some of the different objectives we're trying to get across, I do teach this advanced events practicum capstone style class where we actually execute events in the community. And it's really great experience. And almost all of the speakers that we've had, the industry speakers, minus a handful, have come from students that have graduated and have just taken this class. You get really close to people in this class. You get some really great experience. And so as I'm sitting here planning the beginning steps, I like to come into the class with a venue and a name, especially a big event where you have to solicit some big dollar sponsors. You kind of have to do that more than six weeks in advance. And so I'm trying to do a lot of education right now. We are in this unique time. We are in the middle of a pandemic and we hear the rumblings of a vaccine. We see the timeline of the vaccine. We understand that, but how is that actually going to play out in our industry? And we constantly have to think that even though as planners or organizations, we are ready to host those in-person events, our attendees might not be. Our attendees might be immunocompromised. Our attendees might not feel comfortable. Our attendees might be used to the home life and getting their content and engagement and interaction online, and they might not want to go to an in-person event. And so my bachelor's degree, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, is actually in interior design. And we had entire classes on 
ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, and also inclusive and universal design. And I've always been really passionate about that, which I bring into my classes. So all of the content that I produce, especially in my classes, I do it in a video format, a podcast format, and a text format. Because I want the students to be able to interact with the content in whichever way they choose to, whichever way they're going to learn best from. And I'll say I probably have about 50 to 60% that do video and 5% that do text. And then everyone else does the podcast, so about 30%. Uh, does the podcast. And it's nice to have that flexibility, but it's also just good design. If I'm taking a video, if I record myself on Zoom, right? Zoom gives me a video file and an audio file and a text file. And why, why are people just taking one of the three? Why can't you just post all three of them and allow the students to choose how they interact with that content? And this works whether you're in an asynchronous class where people aren't logging in together, or it could work in a synchronous class where people are logging in together. You can take that Zoom recording or whichever platform that you are on. It's really easy to scrub the audio from a video, just changing the file name. And then providing that text. And yeah, you might have to go in and make the grammar a little pretty, but it's an option. So why aren't we providing those options, right? And that's from an education standpoint. But why can't we do this in an event standpoint? Why do we have to say you have to be synchronous, you have to log in, you have to have engagement? I've probably been to a handful of conferences in the last month. And I'll log in for the super interactive sessions, like the campfires, uh, the small group discussions, etc. But almost always, I have meetings and life and email, and I almost always end up scheduling over the keynotes if there's no Q&A attached to it, because that's passive. And if they're recording it, and I can watch it for up to 90 days later, then I can go back and watch it. The advantage to that is, is that I can then also go look at all the comments and the ratings, and if people really resonated with a particular speaker, I can prioritize that within a short time span. I can say, wow, people really seem to love this one, so I'm going to listen to this one within the next week, and then I can maybe listen to these in 40, 45 days. It also becomes kind of a podcast depending on how much you drive. I have a very short commute time, so I end up saving up a lot of audio files and a lot of podcasts for when I do more long distance trips. I I do tend to do a bit of a longer distance trip every six weeks, and I try to catch up on a lot of my podcasts there. And it's just this concept of universal design. This concept of universal design and users, attendees, participants interacting with your your product in whatever way they prefer is not new or unique. But the terminology can be new or unique. It's funny because I actually did this huge research paper back in 2013 and it was called The Future of Virtual Events. 
and ended up winning a big prize in 2014 at this conference. I based my entire doctoral dissertation around the return on investment around this learning concept in an online versus an in-person environment and an online with engagement environment and looking at those kind of three different modalities. And spoiler alert, engagement is super important. I just remember back in 2013 when I was talking about the future of virtual events, I decided to interview these 15... 20 visionary, truly visionary people in our industry. And multiple of them said, I don't understand why your paper is called virtual events because events are events. It doesn't matter. Think about games. Think about music. Think about any of these other types of industries. You think about a game. You don't say an online game versus a board game. Yes, they can be broken into those subcategories, but it's just a game. Now, the concept of hybrid, which we talk about a lot, hybrid, virtual, in-person, those are meeting planner terms. And I don't think we always understand that. And I was talking to my intro to events students about a month ago on this, and I'm like, stop calling it a virtual event because the attendee is just coming to an event. They're coming to an event to interact and engage with other attendees and the speakers and the content. It's just an event. It doesn't need to be called a virtual event, right? And same thing with hybrid. I'm an attendee. I'm either coming to your event live in person or I'm coming to your event by logging in online. I am not doing online and in person at the exact same time. That's a meeting planning term. That's on the back end. And it's funny because I've been doing a lot of education around this of my industry partners and potential sponsors and my students. And it just brings me back. We were having these same conversations in 2013 way, way, way before the pandemic was even a thought in our minds. We were already talking about the terminology, and it's interesting how much has evolved just because of the pandemic. I remember last year in 2019, way before COVID, I was getting an interdisciplinary group together across the globe, multiple countries, multiple fields, to look at how we could build community in an asynchronous environment where we're not all logged in at the same time. How can you build effective community in an asynchronous environment? And I had put together this whole team and we were all asking the same questions, but none of us had like really, really good answers. So we were working on this concept. And then COVID hit, and then everybody was working on this concept, and our society has just really kind of embraced this and moved forward with it. And it's really been a a fascinating phenomena to follow along with, to see what society accepts, what society is using, and, and how that is also going to shape our industry moving forward. When I sat down, I said, I want to have one point that I get across, one point. And that one point is, it's just an event. That's all it is. The best events 
We're always having an online component, even long before COVID, because that is universal design. You're allowing people to interact with your experience in the way that they want to. They can come in person. They can log in online. They can listen to recorded sessions. They can be live and interacting with other people in real time. You're giving them that opportunity. And so it's just an event. And your attendee is just going to see it as an event as well. So when you're talking with other people, I challenge you to really kind of push against some of this terminology because at the end of the day, we are event professionals. We are business event strategists and we do logistics and we do strategy and we do design and we are building experiences that lead to transformation within each and every attendee. So I thank you all so much for taking the time to make the time. I'll talk with you soon. Thank you for listening to the Extraordinary Events Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.